production of the Toe Network. This is the Uncommon Cast, number 208, Konami Code. I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono. And this is Common Rider Zeo, episode 3, Dr. Gamer. And episode 4, No Continues. I'm sorry, I, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Is that really what episode 3 is that called? That is exactly what episode 3 is called. <sighs> Okay, go on. Our writer uh, remains Shimoyama Kento. Our director was Nakazawa Shojiro, who is likely a familiar name. He was the lead director on X-Aid two years ago, which can definitely be felt. Yeah, no, you can definitely feel it in these two very X-Aid-centered episodes. Uh, He was also, he's been a wildly prolific Sentai and Rider director stretching back to 2000, where he debuted with episode 45 of Time Ranger, and has been around pretty much every year since on one side or the other. Uh, he's also directed several Summer and Versus movies for both Sentai and Rider, uh, as well as some Hyper Battle videos and DVD specials. And he was the lead director for Uncommon and Laser Knee's favorites like Gokaiger, Tokyuger, and Wizard. Oh, nice! I... He's a dude we're very familiar with. We are, and he's done some, like you said, those are some favorites here on the Uncommon cast. Yeah. Um... Now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start us off by jumping into our overall thoughts about the episodes and, and what they're putting across. And okay, I'm gonna just put this out so I don't have to do it again later, and hopefully so I can avoid peppering this throughout my comments, even though I'm absolutely going to, but I'm gonna try and pull it back because I'm still working on finding a thematic through line on this show. I am enjoying it. I I feel it is very important for me to highlight. I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying myself. It's fun. It's a charming show. I'm looking forward to the rest. But I I do have a bit of a beef with the show here at the start. So I'm just going to throw it out and try not to come back to it in case it becomes a thing later on. Because I don't don't feel like talking about it every week if it's going to be an every week thing. I hope it's not, but if it is... I, I don't I don't it's it's I don't like talking about ongoing things I find unpleasant in ser- in series because after a certain point it just becomes an exercise in tedium for everyone. But okay, I I tend to be pretty happy to go with the flow in a narrative. Just you know, because sometimes they throw out some si- some curveballs and stuff you aren't expecting and stuff you don't quite get on with at first. And usually, if you roll with it long enough, you just you either come to accept it or you come to understand it as a creative choice. That said, there is some weird dissonance going on in this show that I can't entirely get past. Like, Omazeo is some kind of frightful dictator with colossal power, sufficient that he can unstick his court bard from time and space, or wipe out whole armies with a gesture, including the friends of Gaze and uh, Sukiyomi. And under his rule, things are to be, uh, a, you know, a little, just understate things, bad. Uh, but And that clashes for me with the fact that the tone of the show is frequently comedic, and the two survivors of Omazeo's reign are either the wry comedic presence or the slapstick comedic presence, and it hits me weird. Again, like, as I said in our previous episode, Sogo's obsession with King, with being the King, rather, is the driving force of the show, and we have to be able to believe that he's the sort who could fail to be a common rider, which is to say, to become a fascist monster, because 
a common rider is a failed monster, therefore the inverse, a failed common rider, becomes a monster. And, and this is much in the same way that Common Rider Decade in the Common Rider Decade movie talks about Sukasa as having been the great leader of Shocker. But while neither Zeo nor Decade are entirely cognizant of what that would mean for them, and both of them spend most of their times being disinclined to playing their respective fascist dictator roles, when we start talking about Shocker and the violent overriding of other people's wills, we're being serious. The entire Common Rider Decade movie is dead serious about how horrible it is that our boy is the great leader of Shocker, or has been, etc. It's time and memory jankiness. It's hard to talk about. Uh, but And even when it's less than serious... Tsukasa is there with a speech ready where he flirts with someone while telling the bad guy to go hang because, hey, he fights to protect other people's smiles. I will fight to protect his smiles, his smile, because he's got a really nice smile, which, by the way, com like that is the straightest thing that you could ever say, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's completely heterosexual. 100% a heterosexual thing to come out of Kadoya Tsukasa's mouth about Onodera Yusuke. Which, in fairness, it might actually be the straightest thing to come out of his mouth. That dude, you will never convince me Sukasa Kadoya is straight. It cannot be done. <laughs> cannot. It is impossible. Anyway, getting back to Zio, because first, I, like, I, I'm going to make a lot of Decade comparisons because I love Decade, but that's not fair to this show. And Sono, please feel free to tell me to stop if I do it too much. Dear listener, please bear with me if I start in. I'm going to try and keep it back, but the the comparison feels apt here, because they're similar in that way. But where Tsukasa had this thing he was doing, this way he went about it, the way he interacted with the world, so goes, for me anyway, and I hope, I hope I'm wrong, he's starting to feel like he's meant to be a blank slate character instead of a statement character. Because nothing about his obscene destiny seems to hit him. And look, I get that part of the show is that he's an 18-year-old. He's just this kid. He's at the crossroads of his life. And asking an 18-year-old to really appreciate the consequences of the choices they make at 18 is... It's massive, and it's a thing that an 18-year-old brain by and large, is not entirely ready to do. Honestly, there's 50-somethings who have difficulty processing the idea that their actions could have consequences for themselves or other people. But it's, it just feels like it's being written in a weird way because we're also talking so much about this horrible future, which must be averted at the cost of whatever whatever price you pay when you go and muck about with time because you know you're you're creating paradoxes you're rewriting the time stream you're possibly erasing yourself etc but we're doing all that while also laughing as often at as with the victims of this same person's eventual reign of terror as if it's not a serious thing which it it hits me weird like look and and I I'm almost done. I just want to reiterate, there is enough stuff going on in the show that I think I think these 
it's going to be good. I think these concerns will probably be swept to the side as we go, but there are enough little weird things like that throughout in the way it's presented. Not even necessarily in the writing, but just in the way I take what is put in front of me that has often made it difficult for me to entirely engage with what's going on in the way that I have engaged with other writer series in the past, and I'm just kind of frustrated by that. That's fair. I'm going... Yeah, I like... I'm going to turn this back on you. Oh, hey, hit me. Like, that's why I bring it up, because I like the discussion, I like the perspective, it's fun. Not to mention it's good when we're not entirely, like, echo chambering each other. Yeah. I, I worry about that sometimes. We do have but very, very similar tastes. We do, which, you know, is why we can do the show as much as we do, but it's it's nice it's nice to get it turned back on me. So hit me. I agree that Sogo is presented as something of a blank slate, but especially after these two episodes, I feel like the show is making a statement with that blank slate and using it to its advantage. Because unlike Tsukasa in Decade, who over the course of Decade was fighting a relative unknown that over time became more and more known until we do find out that he's the great leader of Shocker, Zio as a whole presents up front that Sogo is ultimately what we're fighting against. And presenting him as a blank slate when we know his future, it presents this idea of nothing being predetermined. Because if a person's nature is set from the get-go and is ultimately unchangeable, then what's the point of what Tsukuyomi is doing? Gates' aim of murdering Zio before he can become Overlord, that's really the only option then at that point. If, if Sogo's not a blank slate and can't be changed, there's no reason for us to be taking this journey. Gaze should just kill him now. And I think that in starting this arc, the first bits of the pieces of that puzzle start falling into place. Sogo begins to realize that these people who came from the future, they had lives there. He doesn't know anything about it. He's never lived it. He's never seen it. He's only been told about it by them. So he's got this kind of disconnect from it, but he's starting to realize like, oh, they existed in that time. They existed before I knew them. They had people that they loved and that they lost. And there's a reason they came all the way back to prevent the tragedies they saw. It's possible and likely that he's, because this is episode four at maximum, that he still doesn't get the minutia of it or hasn't totally grasped the fact that him being the cause, uh, like him being this horrible overlord means that he did those bad things. I think there may still be a bit of a disconnect there. But by the end of episode four, Sogo is at least able to express that while He's going to do what he thinks is best, and he's going to he's going to be Zeo. He's going to be the common rider. He does want a long term better future, whether or not he's in it. He only has enough information to really focus on what is directly in his field of view. Sogo only knows how to protect the present, and he's trusting the people around him with more information to look after the future. And there are a lot of jokes involving Tsukuyomi and guys, but none of them, as far as I noticed, seem to be at the expense of their trauma in the way that, say, Misao's were in Zuoger. 
Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, most of the jokes involving them seem to revolve around the fact that Gates is putting up a front of being really tough when he actually wants to connect with the people around him, or just the nature of them being time travelers, detached from why they are time travelers. Uh, it's a very risky balance they're trying to strike, and it may not pay off. Again, we're in episode four. So I I completely understand your apprehension. But I appreciate that, at least as I'm taking away from it, they're trying to put down this idea of no matter what other people try to decide about you, you're the one who determines the person you are. Alright, so no, I am going to say. Like, I, I'm, I'm still apprehensive. But that's pretty good. I, and I, I, I hope that that interpretation is right, because I love the idea of actually taking the blank slate character idea, because um, I don't know if I've... Like, it's been since Gaim since I had this ramble, but I'm not a fan of the blank slate character. I, I actually kind of hate it. But if they could actually use it in that way... Like you say, it is it is a risky balance. It is a tough thing they're going for. And if that's what they're going for, like, sheer ambition to get points from me. Yeah, it's, again, I don't know if maybe I'm just projecting onto it what I want this to be. It's it's episode four. That's all either of us are doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all we can do at this point. But it's it's like, in in my guts, that's how it feels. So... I mean, like, all I can do is what Sogo's doing and go with my gut. Which, again, that's that's why I had all of those, all my conditional statements at the start, because I do feel like the show can go some great places. I just, I just really want you to be right. Because <laughs> I, I would, I don't, I don't, I think your version sounds much better, because I actually kind of enjoy the thought of, yeah, no one decides who I am, not even the writers. You at home, you don't know who I am yet. And that's because he hasn't decided who he is yet. Because, yeah, I've, I've had that discussion before. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping. That yeah, they, same. Because they definitely do seem to be, like, I, I'm 100% with you on their starting him as a blank slate. I'm hoping that it's intentional and something they're doing with a purpose. Same, which I, I think feels likely. At least as likely as anything else. But, uh, hey, since you just did some defending of the show, we, we are at the part where we're going to do our little nitpicks. So y you can take it down a peg, and then... Yeah, let me talk about all the, all the stuff that I'm, I'll see if I can't that I'm not uh, super into. And, okay, so I get that it's a conversation that sets up a lot of themes in this arc, and the way it plays out, I'm super into, and leads into a lot of the stuff that I just talked about. All of that pretty much stems out of this conversation. But Sogo asking guys, do you have any... I don't know why I keep calling him guys. It's like Gates or something. Well, because it's spelled guys. Yeah. And also, like, his superpower is that he's all these other guys. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very phonetic, which normally is super useful with Japanese. But this is, a, this is like a weird word pun. So I'm, I'm going to mess up his name and I hope everyone can forgive me and live with it. Because uh, I'm aware I'm doing it, and it's driving me as nuts as it's probably driving all of you. But Sogo asking Gates, 
do you have any idea what it's like to see people suffering when he knows mm. what kind of future they came from? Seems weirdly tone deaf, even for him. And I get that most of the way that Sogo frames the world around him is through the lens of, I want to be the king and do good for people by being the king, which I find super charming, especially when he uses that framework to show support for his friends by naming them his royal head of whatever they're good at. But I don't feel like he's dumb enough to not make the connection between, like, you came from this horrible, destroyed future where everything is ruined by an evil overlord that might be me, and, like, the fact that, like, Gates himself has suffered and has almost definitely seen a bunch of people. Yeah. And it's, it is such a weird thing, because, again, I just, I think it's a thing we're gonna have to figure out a way to swallow, or hopefully they'll just write Sogo wrapping his head around as we go because it just it is a frustrating thing and at present it's it's not quite shown the signs of going away that i would like because like i i it does make me more curious about sogo i will admit because i seriously want more information about what it is about being a king that thought that's got this kid so into it that it sort of exacerbates whatever else is going on with him that, and also kills any sense of tact he might have, because, I mean, like, read the room, dude. Like, I mean, I'm hoping that the thing is, and it's, you know, part of what I took away from this, is that Sogo just doesn't get that he himself is the hand of destruction. And that just, you know, step by step as we go through this show, he's going to become more aware piece by piece and watch more carefully how he takes those steps. Gosh, but I hope so, because it's, it is a, it, like, I confess, that is the bit I have the most trouble believing in the show. Because, hey, what's up? You know these people travel through time. Has it not hit you that maybe you're the bad guy here? <laughs> but again, that's, there's a lot more show to go, and I'm sure we're going to get there, because, one of the, the difficulties I can tell they're having in the series is that they've got to leave a lot of room for all the other common Riders, which, that, that hampers the main Rider stuff. Which, I guess, is like, hey, what's up, that's gonna be one of my nitpicks, and I'm gonna just throw it out now, so maybe we can get it over with later. We don't have to, I don't have to go into it. It's a, it's a tricky thing to strike, and it we can't really... all be show Aikawa. That's sadly true. Honestly, like, just looking at Decade... No, we cannot all be Shoaikawa. <laughs> we sure can't. I love that show. It is a trash fire. Okay, so this is the most meaningless nitpick, but why do handheld Genom consoles have just the biggest shoulder buttons? Like, 80 shoulder pad size shoulder buttons. Like, they take up most of the back of the console. Yeah, they. it's weird, but I, I confess... I was sort of thinking they'd be great for folks with, uh, like, manual mobility problems when playing. Like, the face buttons are still going to be a problem, like the D-pad, but you can't just sort of nudge the big old shoulder buttons to do whatever the command was going to be with just, like, any part of your finger instead of just trying to get it up there, which can be an awkward sort of thing, depending on how your hand works. Like, that's, a, that's a decent point, and I guess you could put it, like, on your lap and just sort of push the console down toward one side if you need yeah. to use them. That's fair? 
And I think that's actually kind of cool. It just seems I like... Wish, I wish actual ones would do yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it just seems like overall a really oddly designed console. Because the like the yeah. screen is so small and there's so much unused space on the front of it. It's so... It's yeah. a really bizarre console. It really is, but... I mean, look... I'm not smart enough to question or understand the ways of Shinden Kuroto. I mean, so I'm sure his in his grand design, he's got it figured out. Like true, mortals like us can never understand God's wisdom, but like it's it just seems like it's the size of a Nintendo Switch. Like that's a that's a size that I can fully grasp now that I've held one. It just takes so much of that real estate and makes it completely empty. No, it's it's true. It's it is not the most elegantly designed system. They should have learned a few more things from that Wonder Swan they had. So as good of a joke as Emu writing out the Konami code in German is, because that's a great joke. <laughs> I lost my sugar, dude. That was so good. It's a great joke. I refuse to believe Emu knows German. I mean, fair, but in his in his defense, like not exactly defense. But I, I thought it was a neat thing, a neat bit of detail, because one of the very few things I have retained from hearing episode rundowns of Sailor Moon, Germany is apparently the best place to go to get educated as a doctor. So, like, that's some sort of, hey, he's a really good doctor shorthand there. Although, I mean, let's face it, unless Palad let him use some of the game tournament money to go to med school abroad, Emma, Emma didn't learn in Germany. He's a good doctor, don't get me wrong. A part of me is very mad at the idea of him being, like, a super genius doctor who is trained at the best schools. That's not who he is. No, and, like, look, I can accept Pallid knowing German. I'd be fine with that. And I get a lot, like, I get that they explain that Japanese hospitals used to use a lot of German, like, medical technology and therefore uh, use German words for a lot of medical-related things um, and also use... Uh, German or German-based word for part-time job for some reason. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yeah, but, like, I just, I can't imagine Emu knowing, like, basic German to the point where he'd know, like, <laughs> left, right, up, down. He definitely had to, like, put that into Google Translate and write it out. Yeah, just just to mess with people. So no one would figure out the code. You know, the code that is in all the things. So, in episode four, what exactly did the time jackers do? That that time stop thing? Does that not actually stop time? Because Sogo and, and Gates, like, they see and react to what Aura is doing and, like, move their heads, which you shouldn't be able to do if you're frozen in time. Time being stopped means it's stopped and you don't process that anything outside of the stop time is happening yeah that's that's what those words mean i mean i'm, I'm sure that we're gonna find out that there is some sort of nonsense explaining it like it's it's because they're also time travelers or something but come on guys pick pick a power and go with it you can't do both like it's just it's this is it's a this isn't that D D game i ran that one time it's it's a it's a JoJo level of ridiculousness where, you know, like, Dio's stand power is to stop time. 
the world can stop time for five or ten seconds, which on its own doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, because how would you tell five seconds have passed if time has stopped? Which is, I think, a joke they make. But then, like, eventually the part three Jojo, like, when time has stopped, he can move in the stop time. That's the thing that his stand can do. Like, it's dumb. It's dumb. And it doesn't make any sense. But the thing I really don't get, and my biggest problem with 4, I think, is everyone spends a lot of time in 4 questioning things that they learned in 1 and 2. They seem confused by Emu forgetting that he's X-Aid after another X-Aid shows up, and it seems like realizing that it's because of another X-Aid, like, that's new information. But they learned that with Sento and Ryuga. Like, they they talk about that. They talk about the fact that even though they defeated another build, Sento isn't build anymore. That's a conversation they have. Same with the fact that they need the X-Aid armor to defeat another X-Aid. That's... It was why another build kept coming back until Sogo decided he needed to go get build's power from Sento in the past. Like, they know this stuff already. Yeah, I... Like, this isn't me defending it. I'm just gonna guess this is wanting to make sure the kids at home have really internalized this stuff, because these are the rules of the universe. That's why they devoted a net movie to it. Yes! But yeah, if... if like, I, look, I'm with you, though, because if this continues to be a thing they do, I'm, I'm not gonna be happy. Because, <laughs> like, there's there's enough stuff in this show where our protagonist plays dumb, or is dumb, to the point where I'm just like, mm, you're not going to be a very good king. You're acting like you're a prince after like generations of not going outside the family for uh, for marriage. <laughs> you're you're not that kind of dumb, dude. Just come on, get with the program. Um, and okay, here here is a big problem with these episodes. These two specifically, which is, it's nice to have just one specific to this for myself, um, and, and much as I appreciate the reasoning for it, I'm annoyed that Paolo doesn't get to drop in, even for a second, even though he lives in Emu. I mean, just, or Poppy. I Like, I really yeah. expected Poppy to be in these episodes. I know, right? Like, anyone else in the cast. There was only Hero. Where is everyone else? Like, I get that Taiga yeah. doesn't work here. And Nico doesn't work here, but like Kyria works uh, look, here. I'm just saying when they were looking for Tensei Gamer M, I just wanted someone to say Tensei Gamer N. Nah, she retired, dude. And they're like, no. N Wait, can we find an N? We we don't have time. We need M. Just like two seconds. But also, just like Paladin and Poppy both exist in Emu's orbit. I'm just gonna hope the actors were too busy or something. Yeah, that's. Honestly, that's probably what it was. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like Toei's going to shell out much to get anyone else over here. It's like, no, we've got two of them, that's all we need, bye. Good enough. And honestly, I imagine it's one of those things where if the kid playing Sogo found out how much they paid Emu to come back, they're just he's just going to be like, what? No, that's not fair. He was only here for two episodes. Because I, I imagine after you're done with your show, they got to pay you more to come back, because... You got other stuff you're doing. Um, now, do we have any other like problems and nitpicks? No, I think it's it's really just those couple of things. 
All right, then uh, let's let's talk about the good stuff. Sona, why don't you start us off? I think it's really sweet that Sogo's uncle made lunches for Tsukuyomi and Gates. Like, I hope we yeah. get like kind of a roughly mid-show episode about just they're so happy that they get to do these normal people things like and shower and not like get executed publicly by the agents of the horror king who rules them sorry i i went dark again <laughs> but like i i agree i really hope we all, we do get that sort of thing or or and along with that a bit of the reevaluation that you really want as at the half point of a series where like that's when we start getting the the little twists on things or honestly uh, to have something around like 13 or 14 that sort of reflects how Kuga suddenly took that hard turn away from Monster of the Week into this, into the thing that Kuga becomes. Because, like, look, more than anything, I just want there to be a Tsukiyomi focus episode where we get an extended set of contrasting scenes about how horrible and hard scrabble everything is in the future compared to the relative convenience of the world before Zio. Because, like, okay, you can't, like, pull money out of, you can't pull, like, physical matter, not just money, physical matter at all out of an iPad. On the other hand, there's no fascist murder dictator in Japan, anyway. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let's not get that kind of political right now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Speaking of ladies, I would love to see get more focus. I'm totally here for yes. Aura. She seems like buckets of fun, and the way her and Wool bounce off each other makes me kind of wonder what the relationship between the Timejackers is. Like, are they in support of each other? Are they just a bunch of people with vaguely aligned goals? Like, would one of them helping another in a fight, would they take a bullet for each other? I don't no, and I want to. I feel like I should maybe not be this invested in them, but they remind me of villain groups like the Greed and the Phantoms, and they were great. And it's been a while. It really has. Because, yeah, those those folks were so good. And look, we've only met two of them, which I like how excited I am about them with only two. I, I find myself largely hoping, hoping that we'll find out that they have different methods as the series progresses on top of everything else. Because last time, Wool did the, I will save you from your doom in the time stream if you become my agent and king. Then Aura does, hey, you're about to lose someone you love. I will save that person you love if you contract with me. And I, I kind of hope whoever the next one is has a whole new thing entirely or, or maybe even like different aesthetics for their another riders just it's it's not even it's not a necessary thing i just think it'd be cool because i like them so much and it's just like you mentioned the greed they had different ways they went about making their yummies man yeah or even like really early show palette and graphite yeah like before dan Kuroto got thrown into the mix how like how the two of them were like really early on, like that's that's kind of the vibe I get from them. Yeah, same. So I adore Tsukuyomi and guys like wearing weird parts of their wear future people costumes 
just over normal school uniforms. Like, Tsukiyomi's matches because it's white and looks kind of cool and, like, she's just kind of weird and extra. But I feel like this is our first look into the fact that Gates is kind of the big dumb nerd every Kamen Rider is meant to be. Alright, first, I do want to say, I love Tsukiyomi's cape. She is she is one of the most stylish people, just period. Especially since, as the show goes on, like, uh, our boy Sogo is kind of a fashion disaster. Even as I'm vaguely sure his clothes in episode 4 were sort of like a callback to X-Aid's colors, because that's what he was doing, but maybe I'm wrong there. Um, but I just... Like, look, I'm going to be honest with y'all, though. I nearly put Gates's dumb collar harness thing into the bad stuff camp, because... I mean, that is that is a clothing decision. <laughs> like, if it turns out to be his life support harness, fine, but, like, dude had best literally die without it, because it is on, hey, one day I'm going to be king. Yeah, dude, but you're going to kill a lot of people. Just, again, read the room. Certainly not on the same level of wrong. Please do not misunderstand me, but it is... Dude has just not quite got this whole blend-in thing to happen. I think that's kind of what I love about it, though. Because, like, Gates doesn't know how to blend in. He's never lived in a time or place where that's been a luxury that he could have. Fair dues. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not so much life support, but I feel like it's maybe a security thing. Like half security, half trying not to risk becoming complacent in a much more comfortable time period, where he's like, this is mine. Wearing this is me, and as long as I have it, I can't become detached from myself. I can't forget who I am and why I'm here. And maybe it's that I personally take a lot of stock in physical objects that way, but it feels like something that Gates, who is a character whose kind of motivations and narrative is steeped in personal fear, would need to have. Dang it, Sono. Like, you're making it so hard to just hate petty, stupid things, because that is a really good read. Hats, hats off. That's good. I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. Because, I mean, it doesn't look if... comfortable. It really doesn't. But look, even if it's not the case, until they specifically say it's not the case, I think that's a fu that's a better reading. Because again, like we've we've wa like I've watched stuff by this by this writer before. Um, Ninninger again, not bad. Also, not good. And like if if we can insert some depth that will help us be involved in this show and, and maybe help this thing along because it feels like it might need a little kickstart here and there. So much the better. I mean, look, he did get us to like Leo for two episodes. Ex yeah, ex this dude, he has, he has power. Yes. He, he has that good writer energy, not quite the cursed energy of any picture of, uh, in a way. Because Tashiki, in a way, like, every image of him is vaguely cursed, just a little. Like, if, folks, if you've ever seen him, you will understand what I mean. It's true. I love him, 
he's he's some sort of evil wizard. But anyway, let's move on. Otherwise, I'm just going to talk about how much I like Shiggy Anaway. So I kind of mentioned this uh, in the bad things, but I want to reiterate it uh, as a good thing. I really appreciate that Sogo sees any friend of his being even competent at a thing and immediately responds to it with, you're going to be my royal head of whatever this thing you love and enjoy is. It's his very weird way of being supportive of their interests, but also really shows that he's only able to frame basically anything in the context of when he becomes a king. Which is weird and frustrating sometimes, but look, as far as compliments go, you could do a lot worse. And also, if that's how being a king works, it it kind of puts some explanation to why the time jackers do their thing. Right? Because if a king likes you, you just get to have power, which is pretty awesome if you don't have power. Also puts me in mind of, look, any of y'all play Saints Row 4? <laughs> the one where they just said, yeah, we, we're going way over the top. You get superpowers. It's fun. There's, there's this bit where you, as the president, formerly just the saint, or the protagonist, or the player character, because, you know, you, you design your own. You, you meet your friend who's just super into this just awful-sounding TV show, and you say, hey, guess what? As the president of Earth, the last authority figure who from Earth who will ever exist, until we get the time machine and the good ending, you are now, you are now the head of this show. I give it to you. You are responsible for keeping it going. Your fanfiction is now all official. Go. And it's honestly the sweetest thing. And I just wanted to throw that out because that bit in Saints Row is freaking amazing. And that's what it makes me think of here. That's precious. It really is. Especially since you spend the first part of the mission like, nah, man, this Nightblade show that you love, it sounds kind of stupid. It's not stupid. It is It is the essence of drama. And he just spends the entire mission just explaining this show to you. <laughs> and and your character, who is just dumb as rocks. I love it. It's just like, actually, that does sound pretty good. That sounds pretty good, dude. Then you go into a training simulation, and it, and you're just, you realize midway through, this is just your fanfiction. This is your self-insertion fanfiction. You jerk. This thing has gone wild. It's going to kill us both. So you could just play out your fanfiction, you jerk. And then, you know, you have a moment of bonding, and that's the loyalty mission. It's actually, again, it's precious because you just, the forces of the night, they must be combated. That's your job now. It's it's wonderful. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Otherwise, I'm just going to talk forever about how Saints Row 4 deserved better. Okay, so I love Gates getting flustered over accidentally helping Sogo figure out that he needs to find someone who's maybe actually good at games. And then it's like, no, I didn't help. It doesn't count because I didn't mean to help you. I was insulting you. It doesn't count. I didn't help. Look, that kid's going to get kicked. He's going to get dragged kicking and screaming into the main cast. And, like, I'm enjoying that because I... Honestly, I have to say, I kind of love just, he's pouting and like, but I want to murder him! You can't murder him. We're gonna, we're gonna be the not terrible way of two things. But I wanna do it! He's just, he's just a pouting child about not getting to murder Hitler. 
and <laughs> that's that's a, like I would not have thought of that as a character hook, <laughs> but that's pretty good. He makes it work. He does. I'm I'm gonna just bring up Waz doing cute things every episode because I love him. That's fair. Um, and he's he gets so upset when Sogo ignores. Like, he came out to greet him and give him information, and his beloved Overlord is too busy trying to help an unconscious person not die, and he just gives this this super dramatic eye roll. Like, how is he just so fun to watch every time he's on screen? Like, the dude playing him just is leaning into it so hard and seems like he's having so much fun. He really does. And and I just, I like the idea that Waz just wants an audience so bad, and the only audience he really cares about getting is the king. And every time the king won't pay attention to him, he's just like, I just want to do my job! He, he has one job, and that's to talk about how great the king is, and he can't do that if the king isn't listening, because he has, like, there's only one person worthy to hear how good the king is, and that person is, of course, the king. Just, just look, Sogo, give him a nod so he feels happy, or at least acknowledged, or chills out or something. Give him an order. Order him to chill out. He'll listen, and he'll also be super happy to see his king giving orders like a real, you know, himself. Man, time travel, it's fun to talk about things with time travel. I love i love trying to figure out how to use our relatively limited set of verb tenses to explain a thing that happened in the past future tense. Because everything that's happened has already happened in the past, but it hasn't happened yet. And I know there's, like, I, I'm pretty sure that if I call it a past future tense, like, there might actually be a tense already called that, but I forget what it is. I feel like that tense so exists ten in some languages, but not English. No, exactly, which makes it fun to, like, invent it. It already will have happened. Like, that's a that's a tough one. Anyway, um, yeah. So, I, Moving on. I don't know why, but I took such delight. In Hero, having apparently taught all of these med students how to dramatically walk down the hall like he does. Look, dude has... He's, he's either started figuring out a sense of humor, because it's about time, or he just thinks that's the way doctors should be, because a lot of people who are doctors, not all, but a non-zero amount really like the idea that doctors should be held in high esteem and prestige, which, like, look, many of them have earned, but also many of them are colossal jerks about it. Like, look, I've I've worked customer service, and, like, some of them are just like, no, it says, like, I told you, it says doctor, you should refer to me as doctor, not mister. And I'm like, alright, sorry, doc. I did not say doc, that would be very unprofessional and rude but boy i wanted to because i'm just over here like i'm rolling my anyway because look loath as i am to to push the phrase into potential overuse um hero is incredibly extra about being a doctor he is in love with himself he is in love with his job he loves that white coat and that's 
I mean, it's not great exactly, but it certainly is a character trait and one that I appreciate him having. Yeah, and it is, it's nice to see that he's mellowed out a bit in the past two years, and that he seems to very clearly want Gates to also mellow out a bit. Being around Gates seems to be like him looking at his cringy teenage self and being like, oh god, is this how I've been acting? Oh no, 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 no. We need to, we need to nip that in the bud. Which, I mean, look, uh, that's the first time I've ever really related to Hero. Or, or if it's not the first time, maybe I, I mentioned it before back during X8, but I don't remember it. This one I feel like I'll remember, because just like, oh no, is that how I was? Oh no. Because, boy, being on the internet sure reminds me of being, of just, oh right, that's what being a, a crappy teenager sounds like. <laughs> Yikes. It's just, even within this show itself, there's a noticeable difference between the way Hero acts in 2018 and the way he acts in episode 4 when Gates goes back to 2016. Like, in 2018, Hero's still kind of socially awkward and doesn't know how to really express that he wants to help, but he still does help. And he doesn't, like, insult anyone or, like, argue about what, what is or isn't happening. He's just like, mm, yeah thing right uh here this is probably what you need i just i think it would be useful for getting the answers that you want but then you know we push him back to 2016 where he's very cold and aggressive and is just like you came from the future that's stupid you're stupid go away and it's like hero Hero, look at the stuff going on in your life. Look at what you're fighting. Is this really the weirdest thing you've dealt with this week? Yesterday you turned into a chicken McNugget to fight a giant poop monster. <laughs> Time travel, eh, pretty, pretty, I mean, maybe it's a little weirder, but uh, it's not by like, much. Like, look, y'all fought a giant Pac-Man. That's true. Y'all fought a giant Pac-Man, and there were ghosts everywhere, and there was a wizard. Is this really the weirdest thing that's happened to you? Like, it just, it really highlights how much he's changed in two years. And how much, you know, he's still got a lot of growing to do, but he's capable of doing it. And I know we're not huge fans of Hero here, and this isn't changing. No, it's not. Because, lordy, that damage is done. But I do appreciate that they're pointing out that at least he's making an effort these days. Yeah, and thank goodness for it, because, look, he's he's got his big issues sorted, basically, to some degree. At least, at least like, the, the illusion of closure seems to have happened. So, like, dude shouldn't have much of a choice but to grow. I mean, I would hope so, because he's had his issues sorted, like, bare minimum three times. I'm at point. Hopefully, at, at at the very least, third time was the charm. So, you know, g good for him, growing. God, I hope, because, man, the, the, um... He's, he grave, sure has the learned that lesson. movie? Bad movie. Oh, no, still haven't. I need to... No, no I, you I, don't like, really. I need to, um, but... Well, 
I, unfortunately, it, unfortunately it, you kind of do because the third one is like the the Genom laser movie is really good, but you need to yeah, watch Yeah, that's all the one I want to watch because yeah, it doesn't like, make any unfortunately, sense. Unfortunately, that's the last of the three. <sighs> Sigh. I just honestly I just really hope it's just the two of them just sniping back and forth at each other because they hate each other so much. Actually, no. Kiria really hates Shindan Kuroto. Shindan Kuroto just really likes laughing at him and being like, hey, remember that time I literally murdered you? Haha, <laughs> good times for me. Yep, good times for me, because I won. Because I always win, because I'm the game master. Oh my god, I'm in roundhouse kick you again. That's fine. I still mastered the game. Okay, so I don't know how this ended up here and not in the previous section, but it ended up here... And I'm gonna say it, because I can't believe they did it. I don't know how, but somehow, this show managed to make drive-type speed look even worse. <laughs> what is going on with his shoulders? I, I, do, I do not know. I, it, I mean, it's it's nice that, that all this happened in X-Aid, because, look, I like X-Aid. There's a couple designs in X-Aid that I think are better. X-Aid was not a well-designed show. <laughs> X-Aid was actually kind of ugly. But hey, then this this horrific version of an already bad suit pops up, and it's like, oh, hey, thank you. Though more than anything, like it, it makes me realize that while we never did not appreciate Shimamoto's design work back on Ghost, it did. This whole thing does make me wonder if we ever appreciated it enough, because it was so good and so simple. It, it looked effortless, the, just the beauty of that design. And then X-Aid and the drive armor happen, and it's like, woof. Yeah, though I am still just, mad that Dark Necron Pink only happened for like five minutes. That's not on him. no. Those Dark Necrom suits were hot fire. Like, Dark Necrom Pink is easily probably one of the best rider suits, regardless of gender. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's easily it's the best it's... lady rider suit. It deserves yeah, I mean, more especially than that since one like, fight. Yeah. Uh, she deserves so much better. Anyway, uh, getting back to good things. Because, I, yes. again, I don't know how that ended up in this section and not the last one. Well, because, you know, we're thinking about how the the whole thing went, and, well, that is around the end of three or four is when yeah, that I think I probably meant to put it there bad. and just wrote it in the wrong, in the wrong eh, part notes. of the document, but whatever. It's, it's a, we do what we want here. Free spirits. But going into four, I think the thing that I really love most about four is that we finally get a lot of framing of Gates's actions as wrong in practice, but understandable because he's a scared child whose logic comes from the fact that he watched that guy right there, like, by his own hand, just murder everyone he's ever cared about. So, like, it's, you get it. You get, yeah. where, you get where he's coming from. And they balance that with... Tsukuyomi, who's gone through the exact same things and understands completely why Gates, Gates wants what he wants and isn't sure 
really how or even if her feelings are different from his. But she's got a better plan that she can use, and that's just making sure that Sogo stays good, and that the the narrative as a whole frames her plan as the right course of action, and is already possibly redirecting Sogo away from being Omazeo, just by virtue of acknowledging that he doesn't have to be Omazeo. And they also use Ida as a really interesting foil for Gates in in this, uh, because Ida wants to protect his son from this illness that Ida has no power against. He can't do anything about it. And the people who are supposed to be able to do something about it can't seem to do anything about it either. And, you know, Gates wants to protect the people he loves from this horrible emperor that he's utterly powerless against, and that no one stronger than him has been able to stop either. They're fighting the same things for the same reasons. They both want to do the right thing that saves people, but they're so clouded by fear that the only thing they can think of is to lash out against it. While both Emu and Tsukuyomi are like, but what if we help, though? Which, like, right there is is a good moral for us all to live by. Because I, I, I really like, okay, but what if we help, though, before the bad thing happens? Especially since by the end of the episode, which which sort of adds to things and, and tells us that maybe Sogo isn't a bad dude, we just, we have the bit where Gates gets up in his face and just does the, if you start to slip, I will end you. Because, like, after all, it really would be better to stop the, the evil leaders of the world from becoming the bad guys before things come to a head and violence becomes a viable option. But also, it's, it is good to be able to say, hey, what's up? Don't you dare. Because, like, look, vengeance is fun and all, and we can all understand uh, Gates' desire for prevenge when, you know, he'd actually have a chance at winning the fight. But seeing as there's time jackers looking to slot other people into Zio's role, like, look, you might as well try to keep the dictator in intact and hope you can make him benevolent, cause, or, you know, maybe convince him not to be an actual king, because, hey, I'm, I'm a big fan of democracy. But, you know, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. More importantly, at the end of the episode, it's not just Gates going, like, if you slip, I'll kill you. But Sogo going, hey, if I start to slip, just do it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, good call. He's, he's starting to get it, at least on a big picture level. He wants to be king, and he's gonna follow his gut, because he does have the desire to help people, but he doesn't want this bad future that people keep talking about. And, you know... He'd rather, you know, have to be taken down for there to be a better future than live with the risk of being the cause of the worst possible future. But Emu, to, to move on to something a little lighter. Um, Look, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the one going full darkness there, because that, I, not for nothing, I feel like that's usually my remit, so. But, uh, you know, still, still Gates-related, but on a lighter note. Emu calling Gates out in 2016 
was delightful. Just just the bit of, man, that guy's real cold, ain't he? Yeah, so are you. Like, this arc really got a lot of the fact that Emu is the sweetest guy who cares about his patients and wants them to be happy, but also he's got no time for anyone's BS. Even in 2018, even here in a completely different show, Emu still lives by do no harm, take no guff. He's such a good dude. Like, I, sh- I feel like I should have a deeper comment, but yeah. Yeah. He's he's really great. I kind of miss him. Um, I also really enjoy the fact that a big chunk of the theme of this arc falls back to an old staple of X-Aid that is, Hey, layperson. You don't know about medicine. You don't know more about medicine than a doctor does. You don't- you do not know more about the- the intricacies of heart transplants than an actual surgeon. Like, yes, there is room to question doctors, there's room to see multiple doctors, have multiple opinions, pressure for- to make sure they're right, because they're not always but can't take medicine into your own hands, especially on the scale of terminal illness. Like, you can't do that and expect to not do more harm than good. This is a message that's been brought to you by my aggressive need to claim the vast majority of uh, homeopathy and holistic medicine to be garbage, especially when it's used to discount and push out traditional medicine. So vaccinate your damn kids. Yeah. I'm going to plus one both those sentiments. One, don't, don't, like, like, look, I'm a big fan of the quote-unquote unnatural solutions, because they're not any more natural, really. They're just, there's just a different kind of processing that goes on between you and it. And that's a long story. I have a lot of feelings about the the natural-unnatural dichotomy that we've placed in our society and how nonsense it is and how it's mostly used to sell you things. But also, yeah, vaccinate your damn kids. Just do it. If you take nothing else away from this, vaccinate your damn kids. Um, But seriously, just the number of people making bank off of other people who are desperate... By pretending they can, like, magically cure this or that condition with, like, some water that remembers that it was once in, I don't know, in a healing spring somewhere. Like, it's it's infuriating. Like, I get that medical debt is a real thing and a massive problem, and that only drives a lot of that stuff because they tell you, hey, I've got the cure and you don't have to spend $30,000 a month on it. So, like, I get that's why a lot of people might go for it, because, frankly, it's it's a much more empowering alternative than, hey, what's up? Um, I'm going to take all these... I'm going to get all these treatments and use up all my family's money, and we're going to, like, mortgage the house and go into debt, and, and that's if we're lucky enough to have had a house in the first place, and also, I still might die... Versus, like, hey, take my magic water, it's only $100 a treatment. Like, that sounds much better by comparison, but it's just... And look, and also, like, I understand that there's 
that the line between your your household remedies, you know, stuff that you've learned how to do, the the sort of basic medical functions that everyone just sort of gets trickled down to them through just living after a while, and and the line between that and homeopathic medicine can be kind of fuzzy for people, but y'all, there's there's just no simple if there's no simple explanation for why this or that remedy works and. Please understand that by simple, I do mean that, again, it doesn't involve magic or water, like, having a will of its own, like, remembering, or, or just anything that sounds vaguely like sympathetic magic. Just, if it, if it sounds magical, avoid it. If it's a cure-all, as they like to say on the Sawbones podcast, it probably cures nothing. It's just... It's it's just avoid it. Sorry, I know that that was those like your rant about homeopathy, but mm, I have similar feelings. Yeah, it's a pet issue of mine, and I appreciate them being like, "Hey, I understand that you love your son, and you want him to be okay. You're not a heart surgeon." <laughs> and also, like collecting all of these small, you know these these children of similar stature to your kid, uh, that, like, one, you're not a heart surgeon. Two, that's really messed up, bro. That's mega evil. Also, three, like, even, even if you thought you were a heart surgeon, where are you going to get the many drugs that you need to ensure that your kid doesn't reject his new heart? Even assuming, like, everything else... Unless, like, Aura was going to help him with that, which she never said she was gonna, or maybe the X-Aid suit, you know, being another X-Aid means you get medical powers? I don't know. I don't know, because he didn't have game disease, which is the only thing X-Aid can do anything about. Yeah, he was the game disease, so, like, just, again, we can all understand, like, I can understand the urge, it makes a lot of sense, but collecting, like, teenagers so you can cut them open and harvest their organs um that's evil yeah that's not <laughs> there's no that's evil there's no getting around it especially since unlike uh another build that dude seems to have kept his smarts about him while he's the monster yeah so yikes dude like again i appreciate the lengths he would go to save his son but that won't actually do it so You'll just ruin everyone's life. Uh, I, anyway, I do um, appreciate, though, those two kids that are in either Emu or Hero's office um, just trying to steal Gates's weird future junk. Like, trying to take his harness and his, his watches and all that. I mean, and look, not just for nothing. Who, whoever was in there with him, I think it was Hero, just not caring. Just being like, this is a you problem, buddy. I mean, yeah. Though, again, not for nothing, I, I could at least understand being tempted. I'm not much for stealing people's stuff, because that's not cool. Uh, most people's stuff costs them money, and that's... I have a lot of complicated feelings about that. Not even complicated, just lots of them. Um, but I would at least be tempted for like crazy superhero future stuff, because, I mean, it's from the future and or superhero stuff. That's pretty cool. Also, they seemed like they were maybe like seven. Yeah. And I'm willing to cut seven-year-olds some slack that's fair uh because they, they seem like hey we want to see what's this weird stuff what are you doing weird cosplayer let me we want to we want to play with your your cosplay toys 
Like, I can understand that. Yeah. Okay, so Hero names a heart procedure that he could have performed on the guy's son if it had been caught earlier. And I didn't catch it the first time, but when I watched it again to make notes, the name of the procedure is the Kagami Batista procedure. Hero, did you just name a surgical procedure after yourself? I mean, one. Yeah, you know he did. Because two, of course he would. You, of course he would. Like, who's the other person involved in this? Did you just tack your name onto someone else's surgical procedure because you probably did it better? I mean, probably. That's, again, that's that's a thing he would do. Like, that's, that's the most Kagami hero thing I've ever heard in my life. The writer, like... Shimoyama just nailed Emu and Hiro's personalities in this arc. It's true. He totally did. And and did it while making an excellent case for talking to your doctor early when you start to notice medical difficulties and anomalies in how you're feeling. Because, I mean, I know that doctor's visits are expensive and a lot of times we all feel like, look, I'll just power through it. It'll be fine. It'll go away. It won't. So, yeah, some stuff just doesn't. Most things that are bad enough that you have to keep telling yourself that are not and i know it's an expense but boy it's gonna be it's a worse expense if like your heart explodes or whatever especially like okay i'm gonna i'm really sorry to take this to that same weird dark place especially ladies pay attention to your to like chest pains or whatever because learn the symptoms of heart attacks in women because yeah, it, it are, presents differently are, than it does in dudes. It's very different than it is in men. Like, please. Like, yeah. stop listening to us. Put us on pause. Go look that up. Because that is it's, way it's more just a thing. It's it, yeah. It saved my mom's life when she was just like, huh, this pain has not stopped and is not going away. I am going to call the the hospital. And it's good that she did, because then they opened her up and, and, like, prevented her, you know, veins from not putting blood through anymore. Because, uh, that's, that's, sorry, sorry, not trying to get uncomfortably real. I was just very relieved when, like, my mom, when I called my mom after that, and she's like, no, Ailif, I'm good. Just, it was, it was a thing. I'm okay now. Just, you know, recovery is, is a pain, because, you know, it's your heart because you need that. Yeah. <laughs> there are no, your body doesn't have redundancies for it. We're we are frightfully inefficiently created beings. Have you ever stopped and thought about just how many things inside you can go wrong at any given time? If you haven't, keep like one think about it once and then never think about it again because it is frightening. Sorry, wow, we are we are going really <laughs> Just really intense with these episodes, aren't we? Is these episodes talk about a lot of really intense medical stuff. I had not really thought about it, but yeah, they talk a lot about you know necessary medical stuff, which makes sense because I've often been surprised looking back at how often X Aid really talked about the philosophies of being a doctor, and now here we are talking about the philosophies of being a patient, which that's cool. And speaking of X-Aid themes, uh, another one that they really nail in episode four is the idea that one person alone isn't always, and often isn't, um, enough to solve a problem. Like, Emu's a really, really good doctor, but especially at the moment, he's not a common rider. 
And even if he was, he's only effective against this one monster. He would not be able to handle any other stuff that Zeo's got to deal with right now. And Emu just can't solve the rider half of this problem. He can only solve the medical half. And it takes everyone with the skills needed to even out each other's weaknesses so the problem can be solved. It's true, and it's really nice. Though I, I will say I can't help feeling that this is where Pallet should have showed up. Fair enough. I Look, I just mostly miss the, their fist bumps. I think those are great. I do. But, I mean, I love them. And I yeah. agree. And I wish he had been there. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. And there's there's lots of reasons, etc. But it, it is still a really fun theme and an important one to carry over. And, and one I hope we see Sogo embodying more and more as we move on, which I suspect is the case, because that's, that's how you do this sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, every king needs a champion and all that, because, again, you, you can't do it all alone, though. Now I say that out loud, given what Omazeo's going to become, that's... I mean, like, look, him doing it all alone made the worst possible future. Unless he had a sidekick or a champion that we don't know about, and I kind of hope we, like, we have, like, that... We can have, like, his his knight or whatever his champion as his turning point. That'd be cool. I mean, we've got Waz. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I don't think he's the same sort of archetype. I think he'd probably need another rider, except he'd have to crush the other rider. Anyway. Let's let's just move on because that's a lot of speculation, and we we don't need to do that. Anyway, the most important. I can't believe my boy Captain Ghost showed up. <laughs> Will Captain Ghost pull a Kauru and get more time in this anniversary show than he did in his own show? Only time will tell. But I made such a noise when he appeared. I I confess, like after I finished squealing, <gasps> Captain Ghost. I definitely like while the fight was happening, because, boy, those robot fights are slow and not very good. But it did give me time to think about how happy Sono would be about seeing our iguana-wearing hoodie, or rather, our hoodie-wearing iguana friend again. I love him. I love Captain Captain Ghost, Ghost you guys. I don't don't know how many of y'all remember, back during our ghost coverage, how I would make a note of it every time it happened, because it was so rare beautiful treat that we would be given every now and then. It's a little sad that he's being used by the bad guys, but I'll take what I can get. He exists, and that's that's all that matters. He does, and hopefully it means we'll get to see him again later, along with other weird bits of rider tech. Because, like, we've talked about this before, but does this mean that Omazeo has stolen or appropriated Goma tech? from the alternate reality that used to be the land of the dead because that is flipping awesome <laughs> i mean again for all the the stuff and and not being sure about things that i have mentioned earlier i really just love that the future that is omazeo is just built on the backs of all these bizarre combinations of writer tech and at the thought of him just, like, going to another dimension, stealing from God, basically. Because that's what the the big, the ultimate eye was, yeah. basically. No, she was God. Yeah, she, he steals from God, he goes to another dimension, steals their stuff. He's fighting Arya, it's, it's a thing. 
It's an epic battle for the ages, I tell you what. God, I'd love to see that. I would love to see Arya just dunking on Omazeo. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a just, tough He's fight, just but... gotta take it and get out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, That's much better. Like, he's going into it's the past. It's another dimension. Who cares? He's going into the past. She's already dead. He can't kill her. She's That's a ghost. True. Yeah. You can't kill the killed, and you can't pass on the past. So he's, now we'll he's, take that chainsaw. He's just gotta go. He's just gotta get it and... Otherwise he'll get possessed. Oh man, he had, he must have had to fight off a possession. Oh yeah. Oh, man, I... I have to say, like, much as I... I'm sure we're gonna get to that. I definitely want to see, like, the rise of Omazeo as just a series of weird technological thefts. Like, he's just, like, yeah, he has to go back and, like, conquer all the riders with their own powers, but first things first, he's gonna commit some grand theft time. Just go and steal everyone's stuff out from under them in the past. It'd be great. Anyway, that's, that's back to speculating. I'm so sorry. There's just I We're like just the, super the into this concept. Yeah, it's a neat idea. Okay, so one one last thing. It was so cute when Emu and Sogo do the catchphrase together. <laughs> I loved that Sento got a little frustrated back in the last arc when Sogo didn't quite do it right. But with Emu, he just looked so proud of this kid's enthusiasm. He's just like, You you go get him, kid, you do it. No continues. I believe in you. And I love Sogo, like, going to do the, like, the rider kick and being confused by the fact that the CG logos are diegetic. And, like, his mental response to that is, oh, well, it's here, so I guess I'm supposed to use it. And, and just, Emma's like, it, it's, it's that, that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air gif where he's like... <laughs> Dude's a little confused, but he's got the spirit. Yep, yep. And like earlier, Aura just knocking the hit markers away when she froze time. Like that was I that was so loved good. That that was it was really good. Like I hope that it's a fun little gimmicky thing of like Sogo not totally understanding how their other riders work and just kind of winging it. To I, like I hope that's just a thing that's the whole show. Same. Like, it's a fun bit, and it keeps him grounded, though. Like, I do hope that they, they, like, dial back on him being, like, on the implication that we're supposed to read it as dumb. Because, like, it's it's fun with Build, because, you know, Build is, physics are hard. And, you know, he, Build is the super genius. Yeah. But, like, I just, I hope I'm not supposed to read it as dumb, because I just like him being excitable and not entirely sure what's going on. Yeah, I, I... But, like, in this case, I didn't read it as dumb. It's He's just, he doesn't know how other riders, he doesn't know how they work. Yep. Which, you know, fair dues. I mean, he's never met them. Yep. Like, it's just such a neat little gimmick, and I hope that when he gets past, like, to the pre-Decayed era, and he he's, like, waiting for one of them to tell him the catchphrase, and none of them have a catchphrase. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Like, like he, he'll get, okay, he'll get so, to, he'll get to, like, Kiva, and he'll be like, okay, what's the catchphrase? And he's like, I'm supposed to have a catchphrase? I don't, look, I, I am really overwhelmed by just having to do this. I don't have time to think of a catchphrase. Like, I don't, like, I don't Like, Kiva could, like, maybe pop up with, wake up! Wait, do I say that? No, just, I told, I said it to you, now go do the thing. Okay. 
Like I, gets I, just, back, like, I would gets love all, that joke. He gets all the way back to Kuga. All right. So what's the thing I do? Thumbs up. You do a thumbs up, but you don't do it now. You have to win first. Yeah, you have to live, and then you you tell your friends that it's going to be okay afterward by giving them a thumbs up. Why would it not be okay? I'm Zo. It's never okay, kid. What are you talking about, okay? There's no such thing! Are you okay, Godai? No! I've murdered a whole bunch of monsters, dude! I'm not okay! Ichijo just has to has to come get him. Yeah, Ichijo's just like, kid, thanks for your help, go away now. Like, please, please is, stop, is, he's, you're Is he you're gonna be okay? Him. Just shut up, go. You're, you're upsetting but me, I'm please from, stop. I'm from the future, I don't care. I don't get out or I will shoot you in the head. Because you're a crazy rider monster. I know what you people are. We've met Decade. Get out. Honestly, I just want all of the, the past ones to be like, Oh no, is this Decade again? I'm not doing this twice. Nope. This was weird enough the first time. There was another me who wasn't me. I didn't like it. Now there's another another me. I'm not... No, y'all just... Y'all leave. He let, Get out. He let Mutsuki be in charge. Kid, don't let Mutsuki be in charge. I know you're gonna want to because he's the same age as you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Every time it happens, it's bad. Man, another blade is gonna look... Like, if they do that, that's gonna look nuts. I'm so excited. Speaking, speaking of the another suits... Yes, uh, yes. Where New Suit Roundup is going to be a regular segment now because we've got the Another Riders and we're going to talk about Another X-Aid. Yeah, um, okay. Unsurprisingly, I love this this next Another Rider suit because, boy, the Another Rider suits are next-level monster designs. Because, okay, X-Aid meets Predator by way of X-Aid Hypermuteki. Can I get a hell Yeah! Because, yeah, it does a great job of being this twisted take on X-Aid while looking kind of itself diseased. And it's, of course, it is the twisted take on on X-Aid. And, and just, ah, everything about it is cool. It's got those those broken cord dreadlocks, the, the angry mouth, which sadly didn't open that I noticed, but that's fine. They don't all need to be articulated mouths because this one had that... The, the cool sunglasses visor, and you think it's all black. You think it's just a black thing. No, every time the light hits it, you see the eyes underneath reflected back like the X-8 as just this scary, creepy reflection of the X-8 helmet. It's so good! It's, it's a really good suit. Yeah. Like, just, just seconded on all fronts. Like, yeah, my, sorry, I didn't my, to... my only regret is that we didn't get to see an evil little chicken nugget gremlin. Oh my, that would be the most frightening thing ever, dude. Like, he's got the, the face on his back, he can clearly do it. Ah, oh, I, I don't want to see how it would happen, though. I do. I want it. it. I mean, that would be the most, all I can think is that it would be the most body horror thing ever. I mean, I would. Just... I would probably hate it. Oh, but yeah. I want to see it. Like it, all I can think is like, okay, on the show is like he just, like he just pop his limbs out of it, and then like he just turn around and hey, there he is. 
I'm imagining that, but like all extra Cronenberg. Yeah, it's it'd be like some weird body horror turtle monster. And look, I'm here for it. I think it would be amazing to see, but I don't. I think it would be the things where like the parents get on the line to Toei, just like, "What the hell are you showing to my kid? What do you mean? I bought him all the X Aid stuff. Now he screams and runs out of the room whenever he sees it. I had to take. I had to burn it all." Like, we had to call in an exorcist. It was a thing. I just, I want to see that little chicken nugget gremlin. Yeah, it'd be, it would be horrifying. Horrible little gremlin. You know that one would have the articulated mouth. Oh, yeah. Just like, it'd be great. It'd be like critters. Um, now then, I think that's, that's all our thoughts about the another X8 suit. Oh, I'm so excited for next week. Um, and speaking of, let's, do we have anything that we're looking forward to next week or we're hoping happens? I, you and I both know we are. Yeah, we do. I, listeners, I hope y'all are ready for me and Aleph to absolutely lose our minds for episode five. Because our best boy, Kisaragi Gentaro, is coming home. So excited, y'all. So just super excited. Especially since, on top of all the high school stuff in the past... We can also see Gentaro in the present and have 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 our, our protagonist get a firm talking to, from what I can only imagine to be, the coolest teacher ever. Like, the best teacher. Especially since he could... Again, I just want them to do the thing where he casually mentions, Oh yeah, like last year I did some... Like, there's some time travel stuff happened. What happened? Oh, well, it wasn't me. It was me from the past and I had to lend him my my driver um so do you still have your driver no the the i mean i got it back but well what happened to the one your past self had oh he threw it in some lava why oh so he could inspire so that i could inspire my student to be like a hero himself because he's cool but does that who has the driver now i'm not entirely certain and i think i still have it to some level me to, me to some degree or another. Yeah, it's like it's it's cool. It's made of cosmic energy, and it's my friend. And nothing in the universe is more powerful than that. Not even time. Time is chump change compared to the power of friendship. Because um, not for nothing, that would be backed up by Deno. Because Deno rules definitely would not disagree that friendship is stronger than time. Yep. That's the. That's very much a large part of the end of Deno. Yep. If it can be remembered, it can be recovered. So even if someone does not exist, if you love them, you can save them. Because uh, Deno's beautiful. Deno is pure poetry. Deno is incredible, like, y'all. Like I have, I've had so like so many discussions about Deno that it just come down to honestly. I agree if, if people want to say that the the common Rider plot doesn't show up until ten episodes from the end, and that's true. That's, that's, oh, that is not a lie. The common Rider plot, yeah, just, it's, they mention it in the first episode, and then they just, then they have a completely different plot that is about this kid growing up and becoming a person. <laughs> and it's, it's so beautiful, because he's, he spends, like, again, on a metaphorical level, he just meets some older kids at school, 
and he starts like taking on their attributes and by sort of copying all of his friends at school he eventually learns how to synthesize his own identity that he had the entire time he just didn't know he had it's beautiful and i think gentro would just help sogo do that because gentro's the best he's the best dude he wants to befriend all the writers and i'm sorry i'm just one last thought it's it's the it's the jake principle because the big thing with gentro is not that he changes you it's that he teaches you how to take all the bits of yourself that maybe are maladaptive to the things you want them to do like jake jake is kind of a horrible little goblin of a person he spreads he uses rumors and gossip and and just little bits of secrecy and just kind of uses them to just mess with people but by the end of the series he's still using all those same methods but instead of doing it to hurt people he gathers that information and uses it to help people to give people better lives so you don't have to stop being who you are you just have to aim it better and boy what is a thing that our boy zeo needs to learn right yeah that's kind of his, his whole thing Wait, though, I just realized a thing. Okay, what's up? I just realized a very important thing. Okay, okay, I'm braced. We're going back into Forze. Yes. Sogo wants to be king. Mm -hmm. Usually when he goes back in time, he's going back to the first two to four episodes of the show he's going back to. Following. Does that mean we're going to revisit Queenfest? And are Sogo and Shun going to have a king off? I hope so. Because I, I, I don't know how much of the Common Rider Club they can get back, because they sure as heck are not going to pay seven people. No, they are not. But if they don't give this to me, I'm prepared to write fanfiction because I need this. I need I Sogo to go back and be like, this place has a queen? I can be king here. And shouldn't just like, no, I'm not getting written out of this iteration of Forza 2. You will respect that I have a plot here. I had a plot for like ten whole minutes. Yep. And you are not going to take that away from me. Poor Shun. Like, no Poor one Shun. cares, He Shun, kind of brought it but... upon himself. Yeah, he really did. He cheated cause... on his girlfriend twice, and I'm pretty sure she was in a coma both times. Yeah. She was definitely in a coma for at least one of them. And she took him back after the first one. Yeah, and then he did it again, and it's just like, nope. Oh, but baby, I'm gonna do all these grand gestures. Well, that's nice. You you keep making a clown out of yourself. I am way too good for you, bro. Did you not notice? Then all she wanted was to give Gentro a good prom, and that was... Go to prom with Gentro, because he's a good dude. That was beautiful. I can't listen to that song. I can't. That's fair. I cry every time. That's fair. Like, That's horrible, fair. gross, ugly crying every time I hear it. It destroys me. That Look, that's understandable. Uh, so do we have any other thoughts other than, like, champing at the bit to see our boy Gentro Kisaragi again? Um, they also bring up Fies? Yeah, I... Which is Lots like, of question marks. okay... Um, I, I guess I, I guess we'll see what happens there. I'm really looking forward, like, I'm hoping that this is a thing where 
uh, we start to introduce that, yes, this is all taking place in the same universe as Showa versus Heisei. Because, like, look, I never considered that, like, proper actual canon for any of the writers involved. But it's great as movie, as, like, a movie universe thing. That's fine. Man, another Fize is going to look awesome. Oh, man, yeah. Because, I mean, it's already got, like, the... Because I like how they've talked about, yes, we designed it off a shark. And I'm just imagining, man, let's have an actual shark Fize. That'd be amazing. It's already got the sharp teeth going on there. Now you just have an articulated mouth with it. It'd be horrible. Like half half shark, half wolf. Yeah. And now all I can think is another gills. Oh god. Nightmarish. Another another Agito. <laughs> Which has been like a humorous thing bouncing around in my head, but also I'm terrified of another Agito. Well, as as people have said, like maybe maybe like another Agito. He's the only thing he's missing is just Agito written across his chest, because he could be another Agito on his own. He doesn't have to change. They even brought him back in that uh, uh, the the Go Ranger uh, the Go Rider thing. Yeah, honestly, that would be a really good joke. That would be a great callback. Just like if if so... they did it and it's just another Agito with the word Agito and a year written on him. That would be that would be a great joke. I would. Be, I mean, look, I would be here a... for that. But also, I'm still terrified of another Agito. No, that's fair. I think the only like the only other possibility would be it'd be another Agito, but they just spray paint him like regular Agito. They could do that. Though, I mean, that also be nightmarish. Man, I love the another riders so much. I wish I. I wish I had half as much affection for the Rider armors, you know? I mean, at least the X- the X-Aid one, I feel, is better than the build one. I mean, by degrees, yes. <laughs> it's all things being relative. It's not a high bar to get over. No, it is not. Uh, so, any any other things, or think we're done here? No, I think really that's, that's all we've got for the X-Aid arc of Zeo. Yep, uh... Boy, looking forward to that next episode of Uncommon Cast. It's gonna be a thing. Uh, oh, y'all, we're we're either gonna be real happy or real mad. I'm assuming real happy. Uh, I'm hoping. I would. I don't want to be mad. I mean, at least in uh, Heisei Generation's final, it's just like he just shows up and he doesn't like make a lot of connections to anything. He's just like, "Hey, what's up? I was Forza. I was a very popular writer." Here's here's some things that I'm about that you should all remember going forward. Uchukita, and that's it, because you know he didn't have a bunch of angst to mine like O's did. Yeah. Oh, I I wonder what they're gonna do there. I wonder. We'll see. Yep. We'll, we'll see, see. I guess. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. Uh, but until then, for the Uncommon Cast RX and the rest of the Toll Network, I'm Aleph. And I'm Sono. And don't get